What's up, everybody? This is Fred Bracciani of TSC News. On this week's episode, we're going to hear from the new Bellator welterweight champion, undefeated 26-0 Yaroslav Amasov, who dominated Douglas Lima to win the title via unanimous decision. Plus, we hear from Bellator president Scott Coker. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this post-fight edition of TSC. I hope small problem in my body but it doesn't matter because I'm fighter and uh, after fight uh, it's normal uh, and I, I'm happy I'm happy and you dominated the fight from start to finish uh, 50 45 on a judge's scorecard 49 46 on the other two um, was that ex- is, is that what you expected to come in here and dominate a tough guy like Lima like that yeah Многие думали, что я в этом бою не буду. Мне не очень будет хорошая кондиция. Я думаю, что люди понимали, что моя борьба лучше, но они думали, что я не смогу пробороться все пять раундов. Соответственно, я не могу сказать, что я проборолся все пять. Мне нужно еще пересмотреть. Я половину раунда старался драться, половину раунда мне угол подсказывал, и я действовал по указаниям моего угла. Uh, people knew I had better grappling, but people didn't expect me to go full five rounds. Uh, I was listening to my coach's advices, and I was just going through it. Everyone uh, nope, again, nobody expected me to go full five rounds, uh, judging based on my last fight, because my last fight was very tiring, but nobody knew the situation with my last camp, and now I showed you guys, this is Sambo. <laughs> In the fifth round, he, uh, he went for an armbar attempt, and it looked like it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty solid attempt on his part. How tight was that, and how close was, it, uh, was he to finishing that, that submission? moment. Но я верил в то, что он его не сделает, потому что я понимал, что это пятый раунд, у него не так много осталось сил, и я понимал, что он не так плотно взял, мой локоть немножко немножко ближе был ко мне, а не к нему, и я понимал, что ему очень сложно будет сделать болевой. Но в то же время, конечно же, я переживал. Yeah, it was a little dangerous. I was a little cautious with that. It was a little tight, but I didn't think he was going to be able to pull it off because he seemed a little tired in the fifth round. So I just went with my gut and uh, I st- stuck to my thoughts and I uh, came out. You mentioned in the post-fight interview in the cage that you have a son on the way. Um, how much does it mean to you that, that when he's born, his dad's going to be a champion? Это, наверное, одна из моих самых больших мотиваций была, которая помогала мне готовиться к этому выводам, что я хотел, чтобы мой сын родился, и я был в статусе чемпиона. И сейчас я могу свободно восстанавливаться, отдыхать и ждать своего сына, помогать своей жене. Мы будем подготавливаться и ждать сына. ждать в хорошем настроении. Если бы я бы проиграл, 
мне бы эмоционально было бы очень сложно, я бы не смог бы остановиться, и я бы просил бы опять бой, просил бы драться как можно скорее, и, возможно, это было бы очень эмоционально тяжелое время для меня. вы знаете, я не обращал внимания на то, что, как чувствует он себя. Мне было главное, чтобы я себя хорошо, хорошо чувствовал. Я знал, что если я себя буду хорошо чувствовать, это не проблема для меня. You chanted with them after you became the champion, but you could hear it the entire fight, almost the entire 25 minutes. Your fans were chanting something over and over again. What were they saying? Oh, it's uh, Dynamo Dynamo. You, you, this? Yeah, is that the Dynamo scream? Is that what yes, you're talking about? Yes. It's my nickname. And uh, it's uh, uh, we have a football team and uh, name Dynamo. Uh, so we have a football club, and that's their uh, initial nickname. And uh, I decided to take it as my nickname. <laughs> So yeah, the, the football team screams that at the matches, and uh, I guess it stuck up to me. Could you hear them throughout the fight? Could you hear them chanting? It seemed like there you, you had a lot of people out here tonight. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, it's a uh, Ukrainian Russian guy. Uh, it's Russian language, Ukrainian language, and uh, I know this language because uh, English people. Uh, Let's go, let's go, and uh, language, Russian, вперед, Ярослав, Ярик, Ярик. And two last quick things for me. First of all, when we spoke on Wednesday, I asked you what it would mean to become the champion, and you kind of like slow played it. You were like, it would be cool, but it's another fight to me. How does it feel now? Я себя чувствую отлично. I'm happy. Uh, it's, it's fight, it's sports, uh, it's my result. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. And then last thing, you just fought, you just won the title, but in MMA, it's always about what's next. Michael Venom Page seems to be the number one contender. 
Jason Jackson was in here earlier saying the best case scenario for him was you winning and that the fans would want to see you defend your title against Jason Jackson oh. after his win. What do you think should be next for you? Uh, I think uh, Michael Page is a good fighter, yes, of course. Uh, but uh, I think he have uh, he must fight in his uh, Douglas Nemo because it's a rematch, yes. Uh, and uh, before this fight, uh, I... I meet him, Jackson. Uh, it's good guy. Uh, he he very positive man, and we talk, we ask, uh, we uh, it's it's good guy, uh, and uh, we we talk after this fight. If I win and win Jason, maybe we next fight together, no problem. Uh, smile. Uh, I think it's uh, Jason Jackson. Michael Page, I think, must fighting with uh, Douglas Lima. He he won this fight. Yes, Michael Page say uh, I want uh, rematch uh, Douglas Lima. Yeah. Okay, let's go, Michael Page and uh, Douglas Lima. <laughs> I fighting with Jason Jackson after. All right, we'll take a couple more questions here, Gabriel. Hi, Yaroslav. Congratulations. Um, two questions. The first one, in 2019, you did not get to be part of the Grand Prix. And obviously, that was would have brought a lot of attention to you. Today, you're the champion. Do you feel like everything worked in just the right time and needed to? Um. Гран-при было предложение мне пойти, но на тот момент мне предлагали быть запасным. Но я сделал операцию, и наша команда не согласилась быть на замене, потому что я был не готов к гран-при, не был готов к замене, тем более к стопроцентовому бою. Uh, I had an offer for Grand Prix, but I had a surgery and my team decided to cancel it and we just did not want to go with that decision. Two more. Jeff? Jeff Brantley from the Man in the Cage pod podcast. Congrats, Yaroslav. Uh, did he do anything tonight, Lima, that surprised you or did everything go as planned? Is this how you and your team drew it up tonight perfectly? I'm surprised that I still have my right leg. All right, last one here. Michael? Hey, Yaroslav, congratulations on a hell of a victory tonight. Uh, you mentioned that you were going to do exactly what you did tonight, and you are today the first Ukrainian world champion. What was the first thing that came through your mind once the referee and raised your hand and they declare you the winner? Uh, before the referee even called it, in my mind, I knew I was the winner, so I didn't really pay attention. But what else can you feel? You can just be happy. All right. Thanks, champ. Congrats on the win. You're now being joined by Scott Coker. Go ahead, Nolan. Scott, your uh, new welterweight champion is a 26-0 fighter who just dominated a, uh, you know, one of your long-standing champions. Uh, what did you think of that performance from Yaroslav Amosov? Yeah, I mean, I think that anybody that wants to compete in the welterweight division, better have a complete game and they better be able to wrestle.
And that's something that, uh, you know, Emisoft is very good at wrestling. Dan Lambert told me he's the best wrestler at AT&T when I was there last week, and he proved it tonight. You're a guy that's seen your fair share of martial arts uh, in your day. Where does his wrestling match up, do you think, in the scape of MMA? You know, I'll tell you, it's not just the wrestling because, you know, I think if it was only the wrestling, um, you know, I think Douglas could have maybe had a, an answer just for the wrestling part. But because he's worried about getting punched, he's worried about getting kicked, he's worried about getting taken down, it just, I think it threw him off. And, and Amosov has a complete game. And that's really what MMA is today. You can't just be good at one or two. You better have it all. And his transitions were amazing tonight. And he was very smooth. And, you know, he did what he had to do. This card had a very welterweight vibe to it, even though the co-main event was a catchweight. You had Michael Venom Page up in the booth as well. So we're, how do you view the 170-pound the division right now? Amosov and Jason Jackson both sat up here, and they said mm -hmm. they want to fight each other next. Um, would you like that fight? Is MVP next? What are you kind of thinking right now? Yeah, I mean, I want to go back and, and talk to the fight team and, and figure that out. But um, listen, there's Neiman Gracie out there too, Jackson. You got MVP. You got Lima, you got uh, Amosov. I mean, we got we got a, a great division there. So, um, you know, we like to go back and, and, and reshuffle the deck. And, and let's see how the rankings come out on uh, Monday. Aaron Pico picked up his fourth straight win in a row tonight. Uh, he said he's, he feels like he's ready to take that jump back up to, to fight some contenders. Do you agree with him? I mean, from what I saw tonight, to me, he was the star of the night, as far as I'm concerned, man. Because his improvement of his complete game, and we're talking left, right, body shot takedown his transitions were were amazing and so i saw a lot of combinations i haven't seen before with aaron and i think that his level of, of improvement has gone gone up drastically so uh, you know we'll have a conversation with his management and his coach and and see what they're thinking but um you know he, he looked amazing tonight and and the guy he's fighting is no joke so you know he he was uh he was impressive Last one for me, kind of random. I saw you were uh, you were talking cage side quite a bit tonight with Combate Global's uh, Campbell McLaren. Was that just a friendly conversation? Was that a business conversation? Can you talk to me about that whole thing? No, it was actually just you know it's the first time I met Campbell. Great guy. He seemed like he's uh, has a great business going over there. And uh, you know Michael Frommers, who used to work for us back in the Strikeforce days, is working over there. So it was a, it was a nice reunion, and he brought Campbell to come check it out and. And we, you know, we just uh, hung out and said hello and, and just talked shop. It was, it was, he, it was a, a nice conversation. Scott, how did it feel being out there and, and hearing the fans again? It was, it was pretty you surreal, know. honestly, at least for me. How was it for you? You know, it started for me yesterday when I walked into the building and there, was, there, were, there were no curtains up. <laughs> for one year, we've been in this environment, which is, you know, they've taken great care of us here at the Morgan Sun. And... You know, we've had this closed environment, almost like a closed set, a little set design going on, and no fans. And so when I walked into the stadium yesterday and I saw the bleachers down, it almost, I had to look twice because it was such an unreal experience because we haven't done it for so long. But um, that's when it started hitting me. Okay, this is, this is a different setup and, and fans are going to come. And, and to me, you saw the fan interaction. It was, it was great. And they, they were very passionate. They they cheered for their, you know, their favorites, and they booed for the people they didn't want to win. Uh, and I always felt like sports needs fans, and fans need live sports. So tonight was a, a great uh, return for us, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks with the same setup, same same amount of people, and then in July we'll pick it up, and hopefully by uh, you know, let's say September onward, it'll be kind of business back to usual, business as usual.
Going back to Aaron Pico, like you said, he, he was the star of the night. He just continues to improve and get better and better. And the hype that surrounded him coming into MMA was just at a ridiculous level. Do you feel like he's exceeded your expectations at this point in, in your career? Or do we still have to wait a couple more to, to sort of gauge that? I, I tell you, what I saw tonight was spectacular and uh, tremendous growth from where I saw him fight last time. And, and really, I think, you know, he's more on the program of what we're looking for now. And the frequency of which will fight him will be more than we did before. And, you know, I think by the end of the year, he'll be right back up there to where, you know, he can start fighting the top guys again. Because I, I think that, you know, what I saw today was impressive. And, and really, it was about the transitions and the combinations and how fluid he was. And from the punch, the kick to the takedown. And, and come on, to finish him with the, uh, the choke. I mean, I, I was like, wow, this, this guy has come full circle, in my opinion, because, you know, he wasn't doing that a year ago, two years ago. Uh, and uh, he tried two or three attempts. He tried, um, you know, to finish him with a, a leg lock, knee bar, and, it's, it, you know, he didn't work. But, but the transitions were there. So to me, that's, that's really what was the most impressive. And last thing for me, I know you're not a matchmaker. You don't book all these fights. You have a team of, of, of individuals that do that. But... Douglas Lima has been in this organization for a long time. He's one of the faces. He's lost two consecutive fights. That's something you don't say very often about a guy like that. What would you personally like to see next for him? Would you like to see him just kind of take a break and reflect and, and, and come back? Or do you want to see him sort of get right back in there? H have you talked to him at all since the fight? No, I haven't talked to him, but, you know, that's really going to be up to him. I mean, the guy is a great fighter, right? He got out-wrestled tonight, and that's just what it is. It's part of the sport. You better have a wrestling game at that at, at Amazon's level otherwise you're going to get taken down you're going to be on your back all night and uh, or you better be able to scramble and get back up and you know what it's it just didn't work out for him tonight he could have had off night um but to me i wouldn't mind seeing him fight mvp right i wouldn't mind seeing him fight jackson i wouldn't mind him fight seeing him fight uh neiman gracie there's i mean there's some fights out there for him but really it's going to be based on what he wants to do because if he wants to take some time off then that's fine too just South Florida in general. Oh, I see. All, yeah, this yeah. area. I mean, this area, South yeah. Florida, and just all yeah. the talent that's here. I'll tell you, just going to that gym, I went to AT&T last week to say hello to Dan Lambert and just have a look at his gym. I've heard so many great things about it. And, and here's a guy that, I mean, I'm talking about Dan, loves mixed martial arts, has loved MMA, loves the fighters, loves the trainers, loves the, he just loves that gym. And uh, if you know Dan's background, he doesn't need to do anything, but he loves to give back to the MMA community, and he loves to have a home for these fighters. And, and I'll tell you, it was super impressive because the gym was 40,000 square feet, had everything you needed to become a, you know, to train as a professional. Uh, and he probably had about, mm, probably about 100 people working out there. And then he told me, you know, we only allow professionals to train here. We don't have any classes for the general public. So that gym is really just built for super athletes to be MMA fighters, professional MMA fighters. And I know Sanford has a gym close by. I haven't had a chance to go look at it yet, but I, you know, that's another group that has just an amazing uh, facility, amazing trainers. So you're right in Florida, man, they just have, it's a fight factory and it's really impressive. And between those two, I mean, there's to me, there's those two gyms. There's AKA and San Jose. Think about the amount, the amount of talent that that gym has pumped out over the last 
you know, 15 years. It's unbelievable. And then you got uh, Winkle John and um, Greg Jackson in Albuquerque. You got Hanzo's Academy. And then there's a few pockets here there, but those five gyms are, are probably producing, you know, I would say maybe 80% of the talent in MMA. So it's uh, it's very impressive to uh, to see, you know, so, much, so many great fighters coming out of South Florida now. And lastly for me, and again, thank you. Do you, Scott, see that this may be a good area then to have Bellator come down and now with everything opening up, starting to open up again to having something in South Florida. You have a lot of talent here. Yeah. You're talking about doing fights there in South Florida. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know what? Uh, we definitely talked about it and uh, it's something we're considering. Um, and you know, maybe in the future, I, I'm not sure if, uh, if my staff will show up to work though, because you know, being in South Florida, they, they might not show up. It's uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely a great place to go and and celebrate and have a good time. But uh, you know, as far as doing fights, listen, I'd love to go, and uh, you know, we'll start working on it. John Carlo, hi Scott, uh, great event tonight. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on you uh, Romero. He recently did an interview where he talked about August as being a time where you'd like to get back in the cage. Uh, have you ever had uh, any recent discussions with them on possible opponents and uh, follow up to that? Would a potential fight be uh, an alternate for that 205 pound uh, Grand Prix? Yeah, I mean, as far as um, when he's going to fight, we have to wait till he's cleared. And, and as soon as we get that clearance, we'll definitely schedule him right away. We're hoping before the you know end of the year, he'll at least fight one time. Uh, as far as being an alternate for the tournament, you know, that's a consideration. But uh, another consideration is to have him move down to 185 and start fighting there and and uh, get him busy. And maybe next year he could fight uh, if Gegar's still a champion or um, whoever he fights in the future, we can have a, a big super fight there. Gabriel? Hey, Scott. Congratulations on having fans back and a successful evening. My question, I know there's always a lot of talk about there's so many promotions now getting so-called drafting that talent to the company is a little harder than it was before. When you talk about Euroslav, what do you remember about maybe your conversations with Rich and when you pretty much signed this guy to be one of your up-and-coming talents in the company? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think it was actually Mike Kogan is the one that told me about him first. And I think Mike is the one that signed him. Uh, and, um, you know, when, when a kid is, you know, 20, I think at that time he was 22 and 0 or what, 21 and 0. Um, and he could wrestle, he could strike, he could, you know, have this great grappling game, had a lot of high hopes for this kid. And then I think the fight that really stood out to me was him and him and Ed Ruth. They had a great battle back and forth. Uh, and then he had a great fight here with Logan Storley, which uh, to me, that was an amazing fight, fast-paced fight. He won, but that was a very close fight. I think that fight was a split decision, if I'm not mistaken. So you'll see Logan in here getting busy because I'm sure he's going to be motivated to fight uh, MSOF again at some point. But um, there's, you know, there, there, there is a tremendous uh, pool of athletes that would, would love to fight him. And I think Logan's going to be right up there. But as far as, you know, we're out there looking for the best fighters in the world and, and Amosov is definitely one of them. And, he, you know, it took a couple of years to get here and uh, now he's a champ. So it all worked out for him. Two more. Ed? Uh, Mr. Coker, uh, two questions in regards to what you just said about uh, returning to business as usual. One is um, uh, how soon do you think you and Mr. Sakaki Barra can start doing some sort of business together again? 
and and two is uh with showtime's uh connection with the recent pay-per-view logan paul i know you've talked about it enough but is that something you uh might have a pin in for the future well, the first part of the question was Sakibara. I mean, uh, Japan is on lockdown. I'm, I'm not sure if you heard, but it's definitely uh, closed right now. And I don't think that even for the Olympics next month that they're opening it up to foreigners to go there. So they have their, um, you know, they're in the middle of their COVID crisis. So who knows? I'm not sure if we'll be able to travel that way for, you know, months and months. Whereas here in the United States, it's kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, as far as, you know, the Logan Paul situation you know listen you know we talked to uh logan a couple years ago he wanted a box i wanted to, i asked him if he's interested in the mma and he said not right now you know we, we're continuing conversations but um you know whether he chooses to box or on uh showtime sports uh pay-per-view or he fights and he decides to come fight mixed martial arts you know uh we'll definitely have a conversation at some point and um you know, that show was very successful uh, in, in a lot of different ways. And Showtime did a million buys, him and Mayweather. And, and honestly, I thought that he did a great job against Mayweather, who clearly in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round was trying to knock him out. So, you know, hats off to the kid, man. He trained hard. He did what he had to do. And he, uh, you know, and he, and he lasted eight rounds with, you know, arguably one of the best fighters of all time. Mike? Oh, hey, hey. How are we doing? One more question for me, Scott. I know there's a lot of talk about the Paul brothers, but there was another boxer that came over to MMA and made her debut last night over the PFL Clarissa Shields. And I know that every organization kind of had discussions with her and wanted to bring her in. I'm just curious if you got a chance to watch her fight and what you thought of it and, you know, her going over to a different organization and, and, and what you thought of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, congratulations to her. I mean, you know, she's... Uh... Olympic medalist, and she's had a great world championship career in boxing. Um, I just will say this. I think that the road just gets much tougher moving forward. And, you know, somebody that really has a good wrestling background and good submission game is going to be very dangerous against uh, a pure striker because it's going to take her years to really learn the submission game and the wrestling to fight somebody that has a wrestling, you know, pedigree that, uh, you know, you know, that, uh, that's out there. It's like, it's gonna be very tough. So to me, she'll always have a shot because she has such great striking hands. But as far as, you know, um, moving forward, I think as the opponents get tougher, I think she's going to have her hands full. Last one, Darren. Thanks for having me. Congrats on yet another successful event, Scott. The quick question that I've got is do you have an accomplishment now that we're halfway through 2021 that you're most proud of for Bellator? Boy, I tell you, it, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, we've been working really hard here. I think that, you know, just I, I'd like to really look at it as a whole, as a company whole. And, you know, for us to to still be here doing what we're doing, doing what we love, having having our staff grind it out, having the fighters be very patient with us because of all the different, you know, hurdles we've had to face uh, in this COVID time. You know, I just got to get my hats off to them and, and uh, you know, I'm really look forward to the end of this year because, you know, it's going to get back to business as usual and, and we're going to start traveling here pretty soon. And I think that the last fight, uh, kind of let's call it our residency will be the July 16th fight. Um, that probably will be our last fight here. And then we might come back before the end of the year, but, um, from then we're going to get on the road and I believe that we'll start 
doing fights in the San Francisco Bay Area and San Jose. We'll do fights in uh, the New York area. We'll probably do fights in Chicago, LA. I mean, I think we're going to go back on the road and start hitting it hard again.